Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we're giving you an update on e-commerce, supply chain, Amazon, some other big retailers. And we've got a very interesting guest on and uh, his company does a lot of research. They've got the finger on the pulse of what a lot of major retailers are doing and what they're experiencing right now. So this is going to be kind of the COVID-19 update, things you need to know as it pertains to retail and e-commerce. Hey, Brett Curry here. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to talk quickly about YouTube ads. People ask me all the time, what makes for a great YouTube ad? And it's true. The ad is the hardest part for getting YouTube to work. Now, I love the campaign structure. I love audience targeting. And I love tinkering with bids and using the smart bid algorithm. And I even like budget management. I like all that behind the scenes stuff. But I've seen it time and time again where the exact same campaign structure just limps along with a mediocre video. But you get the right video with the right message that resonates with people, and that same campaign structure just takes off. It scales. And so over the last couple of years, my team and I, we've been collecting good YouTube ads. We've been watching, we've been paying attention, looking at our own clients, looking at the numbers, finding what are ads that resonate and work on YouTube. And so we started building this little guide, this little guide that we use internally. And we started categorizing ads and giving them fun names like the manifesto and the UGC mashup and the have it all. And so we started kind of breaking down what elements in these videos make them work. And so I was speaking at a recent event, and I just happened to mention that this resource existed, and uh, people sort of clamored for it. Like everybody was like, hey, I wanna see the guide. I wanna see that resource. I wanna see all these successful ads. And so that's what we've done. So we put together this resource, kind of first time ever, gonna share it with a broader audience. It's free, so check it out and get our list of winning YouTube ad formulas with lots of examples. Let this be your inspiration for your next killer YouTube ad. So this is a free resource. We'll link to it in the show notes to this show, but you can also go to omgcommerce.com, click on resources and then guides, and it's the YouTube ad templates and guide. Check it out, and I hope it inspires your next killer YouTube ad campaign. And now, back to the show. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest before I welcome him on the show. Uh, Eamon Kelly is a partner at Edgewater Research. And Edgewater Research is a, is a fascinating company. They really serve the investment community. And so they analyze different retail companies to provide detailed analysis for the investment community. And they are networking and speaking with hundreds of different manufacturers. So they're digging into things like supply chain and inventory and sales and profits and really just a wealth of information. And so... Got some great data we're going to look at for Amazon and for some other major retailers. And, and uh, I think this is all information that can help us and inform us as we try to make our own decisions of how we're going to navigate the waters uh, of retail in a, in a COVID-19 world. So with that, Eamon, thanks for taking the time, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Looking, uh, looking forward to it. You know, as you mentioned, it's certainly a uh, you know, an interesting time with, you know, with, with COVID and, you know, the impacts and from our perspective, you know, the, the daily and, and weekly changes that we're seeing across the landscape of, 
you know, an interesting perspective of, of following some of these retailers that, you know, have closed shops, whether it's somebody like a Dick's Sporting Goods or Bed Bath & Beyond or Ulta Beauty, you know, and then, you know, some of these other ones that have, have benefited in closed shops like a Best Buy and, you know, seeing the perspective of retailers that, you know, have, have, you know, both benefited and, you know, been negatively impacted. It's just been a fascinating, uh, you know, fascinating last couple of weeks. It really has. And so some things, I mean, some things are kind of obvious, you know, Hey, orders are up on Amazon. Well, that, that's no <laughs> surprise people are at home and they still want to shop and they still have things they have to buy. But some of the other things, like some of the, the, the benefits of which categories are up or the areas where it was too much of a good thing. And now Amazon shifting gears. And so, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk through some of those details, but uh, definitely an interesting time. It is changing on the daily. You know, I think it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, what we're trying to do at OMG Commerce as a digital agency is we're still trying to have a long-term mindset and approach and just knowing, hey, the industry, the e-commerce industry is going to come out ahead, you know, I think stronger than most other industries, but um, who knows what that looks like or when exactly, but still then focusing a lot on the short term because, man, things can change a crazy amount from, from day to day. So uh, let, let's dive in a little bit. Let's talk. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about a subject that is very near and dear to our heart at OMG Commerce because what we deal with, and that's digital ad costs. And so this is fascinating. You know, digital ad costs have been on the rise for, for years. You know, we're on a, we're, prior to this, we're on a 10-year run of, economic growth and, and the emergence of direct-to-consumer brands and, and you know, increased competition on, on Google and Facebook and, and other digital ad platforms. So the cost of digital ads has been on the rise year in, year out for, for quite some time. What have you guys been seeing in your research? And then we'll talk about, you know, anecdotally what we're seeing with our clients. You know, we serve about 84, 85 uh, e-commerce brands, but what are you what are you guys seeing as far as digital ad costs right now? Yeah, sure. I think, and you know, we have an interesting perspective with you know with what me and my team do on on Amazon and and some of the other retailers, along with you know our our digital our digital team that that focuses on a lot of those you know those digital ad platforms. You know, it's been pretty you know interesting. It's it's consistent across both of our verticals, where you know for the most part over the last several weeks. You know, we're seeing CPC declines in the the 20, 25 percent uh, you know range. Certainly, there's some that are some that are higher and some that are lower. I think you know on Amazon, the you know one of the big drivers is uh, you know a lot of the third parties have have you know pulled back. You know, they've had you know their FBA buy box restricted. Um, you know, Amazon's really focused on the essentials, and as a result of that, you have a lot of third parties that. You know, are pulling back on advertising. You know, you also have a lot of these big essential categories that you know they don't have product to sell, and without product to sell, you're not going to advertise. Um, you know, so it's just been really interesting across these various you know these various categories, seeing the the ebbs and flows of these dollars moving uh, you know moving in and out. And you know, then I look at, at some of the digital channels, and you know, the benefit for somebody like Amazon is they don't—they're not in the travel business. You know, there's, right. there's lots of these other categories. They're not in the hospitality side that you know, are really seeing big falloffs. You know, they don't have a ton around you know the Olympics and uh, you know March Madness and MLB. You know, you look at live sports when there's just tons of dollars out there that you know traditionally go to those guys and you know Amazon doesn't play in that that realm yet they're seeing similar type declines to what you know to what we're seeing at the, the you know the Facebooks the Twitters the Snapchats of the world 
Yeah, it's super interesting. So I'll, I'll chime in on, on kind of both of those areas. Well, let's, let's talk Amazon first. So we have a, a large Amazon ad division at OMG Commerce, and we serve uh, sellers and vendors on the platform managing paid search and video ads and display ads. And it is interesting, you know, uh, we'll talk about this in a minute, but there are some categories on Amazon that have just gone through the roof, right? So essentials, certain supplements. Uh, we have a client that sells arts and crafts and, and things like that for kids, just exploding. You know, uh, a lot of those a lot of those categories are up two to five x, you know, right now because of the the environment uh, that we're in. And, and so then you run into some issues where hey, Amazon's not taking new inventory to their fulfillment centers for some of these categories, so they can focus on essentials, uh, and they're delaying ship times. And so, or we have clients who's burning through inventory, so all of that can lead to a slowdown in ad spend. You know, we've we've had some clients that have successfully pivoted to now FBM, you know, fulfilled by merchant instead of just FBA. And so that's helped. But overall, yeah, it, it's, you're either down in sales. And so that's causing a little bit of a decline in ad spend, or you may be selling almost too much. And so that can result in a, in a, in a decrease in ad spend. We still have a few clients that are spending more just because there's opportunities and, you know, just room to push and things like that. But it does make sense globally ad spend on, on Amazon is probably taking a hit. And, and so that's been interesting. Uh, when we look at some of the other platforms, so, so Facebook, you know, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, Google, we focus more on the Google and, and YouTube side of the equation, not as much on Facebook. We're hearing things though from, from people that advertise on Facebook, some of the sporting's good. Uh, one friend of mine who's in the sporting good business, e-commerce, he's seeing his CPMs on Facebook down 43% right now. So that's, that's a lot, obviously. We're seeing with YouTube, you know, from reports we hear from other large advertisers to, you know, our several dozen clients on YouTube falling in line with what you're talking about. You know, that 20 to 25% yeah. drop up to 30% drop. It does depend, right? Because now we're using Google and, and Facebook smart bid algorithm to, to try to optimize for conversions. And so there's still going to be these little pockets where, where there's going to be advertisers that are competitively going after the same audience. And so costs aren't dropping as much, but safe to say costs are down. If it makes sense for your business right now to advertise and go after new customers, ad costs are down. So big opportunities there. Yeah, it was actually interesting. You know, Chewy was kind of the first retailer that we had that reported earnings. And you know, they made a comment last night that you know they're certainly seeing declines from an advertising side. And you know, when asked like, "What are you going to do with the savings you've seen from our, a marketing side?" Their 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 comment was, "Well, we don't know how these cohorts are. You know, are we going to have to spend more to keep these customers over time?" And it was something that we just hadn't, you know, we hadn't really thought about a ton. And it was a perfectly fair point. You're having these customers shift to e-commerce, and you know, why we why we think there is going to be a big shift. Their point is like, we don't know how how sticky this customer is going to be. How much are we going to have to spend to keep them? You know, are we paying to acquire this customer that's really just a one-time use on this platform, or you know, what's the lifetime value going to be? And for them, you know, they said they look at it, you know, they won't really know for probably six months to see what that is. So, yep. Yep. that's to see those specifics. Big, yeah, yeah, that's that's the challenge. I think that a lot of these, you know, whether it's it's retailers or or brands or you know anybody spending is is you know just looking at these dynamics that people just have not been through in the past. Right. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, so I, I get to hear an interview with a, a guy from Deloitte uh, on one of my favorite podcasts. A so shout out to the, the Jason and Scott show. I uh, highly recommend that podcast. But he was talking about 
you know, as, as we look at, as they look at recessions over, over history and looking at the retail sector, consumer buying and things like that, is that consumers will adopt new behavior during a recession that they will keep even when the economy turns. So as an example, you know, after the Great Recession, you had people really go, or during the Great Recession, you had people shopping at, at discount retail stores. So your TJ Maxx's, your Marshall's, things like that. Yep. A lot of people stuck with that even as the economy changed a little bit and those, those retailers continued to grow. I think we're going to find, and, and, and to, to Chewy's point, we won't really know for six months or so, but I think a lot of the people now that are, are shifting the, their behavior right now when they're, when they're in, you know, at the time of this recording, still in, in quarantine, lockdown type mode, that some of those behaviors are going to stick. You know, we got, we, right. I, now I've got my Chewy's account set up. I've got some things that I can just automatically reorder, easily reorder. Some of those behaviors are going to stick. So I think it's smart. And of course this, you know, makes sense. I'm a, I'm a digital ad guy. So I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to think this way, but I think you look at companies in history that have been a bit of a, it put, pressed on the gas in a strategic way during a downturn, during a recession and gain, you know, gain a lot of market share. And so I think those that are in the position to do that, um, can really come out ahead. So yeah, I think you know we, we've obviously seen no surprise to anybody a big shift in e-commerce over the last couple of years. And you know, I think as you look, it's the way we think about it is yeah, it's just it's an acceleration that is going to accelerate even faster coming out of this. You're going to have people that you know whether it's you, you've shopped Amazon but not other places, and you'll just get comfortable shopping. The older demographic yep. probably is going to get more comfortable shopping, and yep. you know, you're going to try out more avenues that you hadn't before. And you know the struggle I think for a lot of the brick and mortar retailers is you're going to see a shift from brick and mortar to retail, and even if they keep those customers, it's coming at a lower a lower margin. So you know it's interesting. Yes, yeah, so we're talking. Yeah, go, go, go ahead, Eamon. I was going to say, as they're keeping their stores open, it's not like they're closing stores and able to offset you know, the lower margin. They all have these overheads that they have to run from a, a brick and mortar standpoint and, and coming at a significantly lower margin you know, is going to create challenges. That's why you've had you know, somebody like Walmart, who's been a lot more focused on OGP, online grocery pickup, uh, and less focused on the dot-com side because they see the margin pressure that, that occurs on the... Uh, yeah, that occurs on the on the delivery side. So and it really makes sense. I mean, they're they're you know you, you could get into some uh, topic on on grocery wars, which would be interesting. You know, and I know Amazon is is with the acquisition of Whole Foods and and some of the you know, Amazon Go stores and things like that. They're really trying to to establish a foothold in that space. I do think Walmart's going to really emerge as a winner from this situation. I just I just know from our own behavior and from others. I mean. The Walmart delivery, Walmart pickup. I mean, that's just super, super convenient, almost a necessity right sure. now for a lot of people. And so I think that's going to shift a lot of behavior to that, which is interesting. Um, yeah, and I think gonna, I was going to say with that, I think you're going to also have, you know, let's let's not let's not underestimate the number of bankruptcies that we're going to see, you know, from the from the retail community that that occurs. And the longer this goes on, you know, the, the higher likelihood that we have, you know a lot of those, you know, pop up. Yep. Yep. And so uh, to, to a couple of your earlier points that I want to highlight, it's been interesting, you know, uh, Amazon has certainly gotten a lot of volume and, and they're, they're going to emerge a winner from this as well, of course. But they've almost, you know, like we talked about, they've gotten so much focus on, on essentials and things like toilet paper and other stuff that people can't find in retail stores that, that they've had to delay incoming shipments and, and shipments to customers for, for other products. And so we've seen this 
Let's give you a quick example. One of our clients, it's a, a supplement company, done very well on Amazon, primarily in Amazon business, but they have their own store off Amazon. We, we can very clearly see the numbers. So we manage their Google ads and their, and their Amazon ads. But there was a week when there was real inventory issues on Amazon and their, their sales spiked. I mean, exploded on their own .com. And, and so I think what you're seeing there is, well, yes, there are more shoppers on Amazon as Amazon has issues or these, these ship times are delayed. People are also saying, well, I'm going to search for those products on Google now. So maybe, maybe a product search that I was going to be, would, would have began on Amazon, I'm going to start on Google now and I'm going to find a, you know, a, a retailer that will ship it to me direct. So Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I just had a conversation you know, earlier this afternoon with somebody who made exactly that point. You know, Amazon's put their stuff on you know, over a month delivery times. And you know, let's be honest, at this time right now, nobody's searching for something that they want to wait for a month. There's a reason right. buying right. something right now. So, yep. Yep. you know, yeah, you you started on Amazon and you went off, and you know that that example, you know, seeing huge, huge, huge increases at not only Walmart but all of the other, you know, all of the other retailers that they deal with that have, you know, that are still open or that have, you know, even just dot com sides of the business there. Yep, and I think this is one of those um, things where you know we're, we're we're recommending to people, hey, maximize your search efforts, whether that's with search ads and Google shopping ads or, or SEO for organic search. But there will be people that, you know, we've got a, a client in the in the exercise, the home workout space, and they've been doing well. As you can imagine, everybody's going to the gym, everybody's going to work out at home. And so they were selling a lot on Amazon. But but again, now Amazon's delaying shipments four to six weeks. Why? Well, I want to work out now. You know, so fortunately, they've been doing FBM and some other things. Um, and so they were able to kind of pivot. But but yeah, I think there's going to be people that are forced to buy online and Amazon isn't going to be the only winner. It's going to, going to go to some individual retailers as well, sure. which is exciting. Now, uh, one thing I want to talk about is, you know, what are you guys seeing in terms of what categories on Amazon are we seeing the biggest lifts in? And, and some of these are going to be not surprising at all. But let's look at that. And then I want to circle back to some of the... Uh, the cost structure, the kind of the unforeseen costs that are popping into this. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. What, uh, what categories are you guys seeing exploding on, on Amazon right now? Yeah, I think you said it. I mean, it's, it's the obvious as well, right? You know, I think as we look through this, there's been an evolution of, you know, the, the, the first ones of, you know, the masks and the sanitizers are kind of the no brainers and, you know, quickly evolved to the, you know, to anything in the, the cleaning side. Um, you know, I think you mentioned earlier supplements, you know, perfect, perfect example. So, you know, as we look, it's it's certainly a lot of the uh, you know certainly a lot of the consumables and you know, anything food related. Um, you're know, seeing huge spikes in that. You know, Prime Now, uh, you know, is is past a week. Uh, you know, a week out in many week, in many cases, two weeks. You can't even you know set anything up. So you know, they're seeing huge increases there. Uh, you know, the we've other- got some friends in the prepackaged snack space, and it's like that's a pr- great time to be in the prepackaged snack space, yeah, right. even if your snack's not popular. People are probably going to yeah. buy, you know, protein bars, whatever they get their hands on. People are buying. Right. Yep. And then I think, you know, the other one is, you know, you, you've seen a big one here in the last two, three weeks as, you know, businesses have been forced to have people work from home. You know, it's all of the traditional work from home categories, whether it's, you know, we're seeing it in office furniture or laptops, PCs, and, you know, all the PC related, you know, accessories. Um, you know, those are, those are seeing big spikes. Uh, you know, the health and beauty side, you know, to, to, to the point before supplements, cough, cold, uh, you know, things like that. 
Um, you're also seeing it in, in you know, storage containers, you know, as people pantry load, uh, you know, adding it there. You know, the one that I was surprised at first when I started to see improvements in appliances at somebody like somewhere like a Best Buy. Um, you know, I kind of questioned myself, like, what do you mean? Why are people buying appliances? And, you know, as I went into the local store, I, I kind of got a, a quick reason why. Like, everybody was buying spare refrigerators to put in their garage or buying deep freezers. Um, you know, I think what you're seeing now over the last, call it two weeks, you're starting to see, you know, as some of the more Midwest, Northeast you know, regions get a little bit warmer, you're seeing tools, lawn and garden, and some of the outdoor categories. Um, you know, I think arts and crafts and toys and those sort of, sort of uh, categories are seeing some, uh, you know, some nice improvement as, as people look to keep their kids busy and, and give them something to do. So, you know, those are some of the examples of, of ones where we've seen some nice acceleration you know, I think that the flip side of that has been, you know, what is what is really struggling, and you know, there's there's probably a couple where we've seen the biggest declines. Uh, I would say soft lines are probably by far the biggest struggle. So, you know, whether you're talking apparel, or clothing, and accessories, and things like that. Yeah, apparel and footwear. You know, from a business perspective, you know, nobody's having meetings anymore. Yeah. So, you know, no, you're going to meetings using... in my in my slippers or barefoot. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, you know, it's that. And then, uh, you know, the other part is sporting goods, you know, a, a big piece of sporting goods and what Dick's Sporting Goods does, for instance, is team sports. And without team sports, you know, I can go out and you know, throw the ball around with my kids, but, you know, there's no team sports going on. So, you know, those are, those are some of the examples of ones where we've seen fall-offs. You know, we've also seen a big fall-off in the automotive uh, aftermarket uh, category. So we follow advanced autos, Advance Auto and, and AutoZone and O'Reilly and you know the last you know, couple of weeks that we're seeing probably forty to forty to fifty percent type declines because you know it's no shocker nobody's on the road you're not driving so you're not having breakage to your car so you know those are those are some of the categories where we're seeing um, you know kind of the, the winners and losers if you will really really interesting and I, and I think what's what's fascinating about this is you know as e-commerce business owners we need to think about how could my product potentially be consumed more in this work from home, stay at home economy for however much longer this, this lasts, you know, at the time of our recording, at least 30 days, maybe 60 days or more for, for parts of the country. So, so how can my product be used in those areas? And I'll, and I'll touch on, I want to touch on both sporting goods and, and auto for a second, because this is interesting sure. on, the, on the sporting goods side of things totally makes sense. Like anybody that relies on team sports, hurting right now because team sports are doing nothing, right? You know, I, I coach my son's basketball team. This was my last year to coach and then the season ended abruptly. And now all spring and summer sports are either on hold or postponed or canceled. Uh, but, but we have a few clients that are in the training space. And so one's in the baseball space of like, Hey, at home training equipment, they're actually doing good because now it's like, Hey, junior still wants to, you know, develop his, uh, his swing or, you know, um, you know, Susie wants to develop her fast pitch softball, you know, uh, pitching uh, style and stuff like that. So the, the, some of those at-home things are working. We had an at-home basketball training company. They're doing really well. But yeah, your traditional retailers that rely on, on team sports, definitely hurting. Um, the automotive side, it is interesting. I think there are certain pockets where, let's take a more affluent customer. We, we, have, a, we have a client in the auto space that, sells a non-essential for auto, but they, they kind of cater to a slightly more affluent. Like you wouldn't buy this product unless you had like a 
classic car, sports car, nice car type thing. They're doing really well right now. And it's and I think what's driving this is people are at home thinking about their nice car, right? They're maybe not out driving, but they're tinkering with it or whatever. But I think, yeah, you look at brake pads, oil change stuff, like your, your standard O'Reilly AutoZone type of thing. Uh, we happened to get out last night uh, just to drive around with the kids and go to a drive-thru because we hadn't been out of the house in so long. And uh, like 7 p.m., it was like it was like it was midnight. There just weren't many people out. So it was really weird. It was really weird. So, uh, makes sense that auto would be would be down. Yeah. Um, let's talk about something. I think this this was a fascinating thing you brought up earlier. So, you know, e-commerce is seeing an influx of orders, but then there's also like some of these. I don't know if unforeseen is the right word, but these these costs that aren't necessarily normally associated with e-commerce. Or costs that are that are normally associated with e-commerce, but they're just exaggerated right now. What what are some of the cost pressures that people are dealing with now? You know that they that they weren't dealing with before. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple things. I think the, the first one would be the obvious one that I touched on a little bit for the brick and mortars. It's just the shift from brick and mortars, yeah. to, uh, you know, to to dot com, and there's obviously an added shipping cost. That's the obvious one. But take somebody like Amazon, and you have. Uh, you know, the amount of, of jam sand and cleaning that's needed to be done in these warehouses and facilities to keep people safe. You know, that's that's certainly a, a, a higher cost that they never for, you know, never have had in the past. Uh, you're, you're having to see more uh, you know, hiring of workers, both Amazon and, and Chewy both have added uh, are adding lots of lots of employees to help on the, the fulfillment side. So, you know, adding costs from uh, from that perspective, I think, you know, with a lot of this, a lot of the, the fulfillment centers are full and, you know, shipping, you're having some higher shipping costs from trying to you know, expedite and get things to customers to, to hit your promised uh, deadlines. I think, you know, that's the biggest thing I see for a lot of these, these, you know, retailers. I don't care if something shows up in five days, like, you know, Amazon kind of did it to themselves, right? They've trained people to, to focus on two-day shipping to one day. Right, right. And now, like, yeah, I go and there's a lot of stuff. Like, I don't care if it comes in five days. I think what consumers want is transparency of, yep, yep. You know, tell me when it's going to come. Right. At least hit that date. You know, if it's seven days, I'm at least comfortable, but I'm going to buy that product knowing it's going to show up in seven days, but it better show up there in seven days. Don't come in 10. Like, mm-hmm. if it's 10, just quote me 10 days and I'll be happy. Exactly. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting times now for sure. Um, other things you're seeing from large retailers right now and, and anything interesting in your research that would be helpful for the e-commerce community to, to be aware of? Yeah, I just think it's, I think the biggest challenge and the biggest question that I've had from, you know, manufacturers is, you know, how do I go about figuring out when my product's going to slow? You know when it when like when are the retailers going to open? When are all of a sudden people going to stop buying certain products? You know, you look and pantry load is slowing. You know, some of that is hard to gauge. Is it slowing because you know there's no toilet paper listed on Amazon anymore? Um, you know, but trying to figure out when that change is going to occur, you know, is going to be a very challenging one. I had a conversation looking uh, last night with somebody looking in the consumer electronics space and said, hey, I have all these people calling me looking for you know, this product or that product. You know, how do I figure out how much to pull in? And I don't want to be the last person shipping stuff because right. I might be selling, I might, my normal run rate might be 100 widgets a day. You know, now I'm doing 500 widgets a day. Well, 
if I bring in a couple of weeks of inventory, you know, that's a couple months of inventory in a normalized environment. So right, but right. How do I make sure and, and you know, take advantage of the situation in these opportunities yet, you know, reduce my risk on the back end. So I think that's the that's the biggest struggle. I, I don't know that I have an answer of trying to predict when these certain categories are, but you know, I think it's the majority of people are are taking a somewhat cautious approach of making sure that they're not pulling in, you know, they're not pulling in too much. And I think the other challenge is, you know, an interesting conversation I had with somebody today said, you know, I'm seeing orders because my one of my bigger competitors is in a state where they're not allowed to produce. Wow. So as that as that competitor or as those competitors get back on board at some point in time, I know that my business is going to see a significant step down. Mm. Trying to predict that, very challenging. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting. I mean, you know, when, when you, it's, it's both a, both a blessing and a curse, right? When more orders come online and now you're selling at a much higher run rate, it's exciting, makes predicting inventory levels super challenging. And you got, we'll, we'll just take toilet paper as an example, because it's kind of a, a, an interesting and a fun one. You know, that's going to slow down, right? There's only so much toilet paper you can stockpile. It's not like our consumption is actually going up. We're not using more toilet paper. Maybe we're using more toilet paper at home than we do at the office or whatever. But like globally, the use of toilet paper, we're not eating it. Um, right. it's, you know, it's the same. So that's going to slow down. Eventually, there's going to be a real slowdown. It's just kind of a shifting in demand of toilet paper. There are other things that, that are, are increasing. So now maybe we are buying more packaged, packaged foods and snacks and we're you know, sitting around eating our eating our supplies or, or whatever, but but predicting that is is super tricky. I think, but I think a couple things that do work in the favor of retail, and you mentioned this. I think for the most part, people are are going to be a little bit um, more understanding about slightly longer ship times. You know, what choice do we have? We're all kind of being understanding. We're all kind of in this together type of thing. So, so I think maybe being uh, slightly more conservative with with inventory levels is is pretty smart. I think. But the other thing you got to keep in mind is being opportunistic, right? We've got some some really strong brands that we work with that are going to run out of in inventory in a few areas, and and there may be a few weeks gap where they're out of inventory. I'm not going to mention who they are because I don't want the competitors to sw swoop in. But you got to be watching your competitor levels, like seeing when your competitor may run out of inventory or something, and you be able to to pounce on that and take that yep. opportunity. And so so with that, then you, you got to have inventory to be able to do that, right? So. Um, it's a tricky game right now. I think, you know, the the best we can do is look at managed costs as wisely as we can, but don't slow down because there is a shift in buyers to e-commerce. Try to capture as much of that as you can reasonably, and uh, you know, have have those long-term goals, but but then also be willing to pivot because you're going to have to pivot a lot and. And pretty quickly. So yeah, I think the other the other thing too is you think about it is coming out of this. There's you know one may think well you know as soon as my local restaurant opens up like I'm gonna I want to I want to get out of my house I want to absolutely eat. the challenge the challenge is you think about is you know if this lasts for three months you know a lot of restaurants aren't going to have any usable food and you know the supply you think about all the issues that we've seen at the retail level right like you know people went to Costco and your grocers and all the shelves were empty well. The same thing is going to happen for the restaurant community and food service when that gets back online. There's going to be a massive, you know, flow of orders that are wanting to go that way. And is there going to be the availability? We're probably going to have a similar to what we're seeing at the consumer side, right? We're probably going to have a couple month window where 
it takes time for a lot of that stuff to get back in stock from a restaurant perspective. So yeah, yeah, supply chains are kind of wonky everywhere, right? So it's gonna it's gonna cause some disruptions, and maybe you're gonna be your favorite restaurant one of these days, right? If, if hard even hard even imagine that right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we're gonna be there one day, and yeah, maybe they won't have certain dishes because they're having supply chain issues as well. So super interesting. Um, well, Eamon, this has been really interesting, very fascinating. I, I'm I'm thankful for companies like you that, that have your finger on the pulse of what's going on and can provide you know this meaningful data that can at least get us thinking and 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 processing and looking for opportunities and looking for ways we can improve our business. Uh, if someone wants to plug in more and maybe um, kind of dig into some Edgewater research, uh, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more about you guys? Sure. Our, our website is is uh, edgewaterresearch.com. Uh, and if, if anybody wants to email me, it's, it's aimon at edgewaterrc.com, E-A-M-O-N at edgewaterrc.com. And you know, happy to you're happy to have a conversation with anybody and, and plug in with anybody looking for uh, uh, looking for some support and help on you know whether it's Amazon or just kind of retail in general. Awesome, really appreciate it. I will link to your site and uh, share your email if you're cool with it on the, Perfect, on the show yeah. notes. And so we'll we'll allow people to connect with you as they'd like to. But uh, been super interesting, Eamon. Thanks for the time. Thanks for coming on. Really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot, Brett. Yep, absolutely. And as always, uh, we would love to hear from you, our listeners. We would love that review on iTunes. That helps out the show. It helps other people discover the show. So if you feel so inclined, leave that five-star review, leave some feedback. We'd love to, to hear from you. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. All right, man. That's At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.